2: Russia launches a slew of missiles across Ukrainian cities, killing at least 14.
3: The Chinese have been uh, keeping the Russians in the war. I mean, if it weren't for Beijing... I don't think that Putin would be able to continue for as long as he has. Reports say
4: some migrants are going door-to-door in New York neighborhoods, asking for help. The mayor is also hypocritical because he refuses to address New York City's sanctuary status.
2: The Nasdaq... Drops to a two-year low. We're not sure if the Fed's going to be able to orchestrate a, a soft landing. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, October 11th. I'm Mike Scott. On Monday, Russia retaliated against Ukraine for an attack on a critical bridge by unleashing a lethal barrage that smashed civilian targets and killed at least 14. According to reports, nearly 100 were wounded in the morning rush hour attacks that Russia launched against at least 14 regions in the embattled country. Some of those missiles struck civilian areas, even though Russia said it was targeting military facilities. One barrage of missiles was reported to have struck a playground. In the wake of the attacks, Ukraine was without power, creating a shortage severe enough that officials asked people to conserve and even announced they would stop power exports to Europe starting on Tuesday. Tom Dempsey of News Nation says Ukraine's leadership is calling the attacks Terrorism. This morning, Ukraine's president has described the
1: attacks on ten different Ukrainian cities as terrorism. Vladimir Zelensky says Russia is now not only targeting energy infrastructure, but also neighborhoods. Ukraine's capital under attack this morning. A series of deadly explosions hit in Kiev for the first time in months attacks coming just days after a massive explosion targeted a key bridge linking Russia to Crimea. The bridge, normally serving as a vital supply route to the area Russia annexed from Ukraine years ago, left in flames while lines of cars waited for hours in traffic.
2: Dempsey goes on to explain that Ukraine is urging the UN to designate Russia as a terrorist state. Russian President Vladimir Putin has called it a terrorist attack.
1: This morning, concerns remain over Putin possibly using nuclear missiles as a counteroffensive by Ukraine continues to bring big losses for Russia. The latest fighting has focused on southern regions. On Sunday, Russian bombings killed at least a dozen people inside this apartment building while injuring around 60 others. This morning, Putin planned to meet with his security council to discuss that bridge explosion from over the weekend. Meantime, in Ukraine, President Vladimir Zelensky has called on world leaders to designate Russia as a terrorist state ahead of a vote in the United Nations this week over whether or not to condemn Russia for annexing parts of Ukraine.
2: Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, joined America First with Sebastian Gorka and said China is helping Russia in its war against Ukraine.
3: China, first of all, they've been very happy. They've been buying a lot of commodities, so they've been financing Putin's war, but they've been getting those commodities at a discount. So when you have oil prices up at as high as they are, China actually likes this. Um, But the other thing, though, is we've seen Beijing go all-ins to support the uh, war effort. Remember, on February 4th, Putin went to Beijing. They issued that 5,300-word joint statement, no-limits partnership. And they really mean that because we've seen uh, the Chinese diplomats be put in service of the Kremlin. Chinese propaganda outlets have been amplifying Russian disinformation. China's been putting its financial system at the service of Russian institutions. When when
2: Chiang believes China is supplying military information to Moscow...
3: The Russian uh, banks that have been kicked off of SWIFT, I mean, they now have access to China's version of SWIFT, which is SIPs. Um, And also, the Chinese have been supplying military information to the Russians. This location data from the Chinese-made drones that Ukraine operates, Mm -hmm. China's been giving that data to the Russians. The Russians have been taking out Ukrainian drone operators.
2: Chang goes on to explain that Russia is relying on China not just for military equipment, but for moral support.
3: The Chinese have been uh, keeping the Russians in the war. I mean, if it weren't for Beijing, I don't think that Putin would be able to c- continue for as long as he has. He needs uh, all sorts of things that Beijing supplies. But the most important thing, Seb, is almost like moral support. Five days ago, the Chinese were amplifying these Russian threats to nuke the world. Um, you know, these Now, China has on its own threatened to nuke the world, But, you know, you have this, these propaganda outlets supporting Putin, you know, carrying forth this this narrative that the Russians are actually serious. So Beijing is behind that to amplify that message. Chang goes on to
2: say that, in his opinion, the Biden administration has failed to deter Russia
3: from invading Ukraine, and China has noticed. First of all, I think that uh, Xi Jinping did green light the invasion of Ukraine. Yes. I, th- You know, a lot of people in this town will say, well, you know, the Chinese saw the heroic resistance of the Ukrainian people. It's given China pause. Actually, I don't think that's the main message. The main message has really been the failure of deterrence. You know, you have, for instance... You mean
0: the failure... For- of the Biden
3: administration to yes. deter the yes. Russians from invading. Remember... You got to put this in context. Last go back last August, you have the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. The Chinese make a lot about that in their propaganda. Yeah. And then in February, what's really fascinating is you have the United States, the 27 nations of the European Union and Great Britain together have an economy 25.1 times larger than Russia's in 2021. And yet We failed to stop Putin. That is one of the greatest failures in American diplomacy. So the Chinese look at that and say, well, you know, if the Americans are so incompetent with regard to Ukraine, they're probably going to be incompetent with regard to Taiwan.
2: The coming collapse of China authors says that Chinese President Xi is planning to invade Taiwan before he leaves office.
3: We don't know timing, of course, but we also know a couple things. And that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, has said, Taiwan is not a problem we can pass down generation to generation. Wow. So essentially what Xi Jinping is saying is that uh, we have to do it before I leave the office of general to be secretary. My generation. It's got to be my generation. So that's one thing. Now, that when he leaves, we really don't know. Yeah. Some feared Monday's attacks
2: may represent the start of a new Russian offensive. As a precaution, Ukraine switched all schools to online learning. On Monday, many airport websites, which included some of the largest and busiest in the U.S., became inaccessible due to Russian hackers who claimed responsibility. As of now, there have been no signs of impact to actual air travel, which suggests to some experts that the issue may be an inconvenience for people seeking travel information. The hacking group known as KillNet listed multiple U.S. airports as targets. It stepped up the activity to target organizations in NATO countries after Russia's February invasion of Ukraine. ABC's Gino Benitez explains exactly what happened.
1: Some of the nation's biggest airports are scrambling to protect their websites after a coordinated attack by hackers who officials tell ABC News were operating inside Russia. The first so-called denial-of-service attack hitting LaGuardia Airport's website at 3 a.m. this morning. Then America's busiest, Atlanta's Hartsfield, LAX, and O'Hare. More than a dozen airport websites hit with a denial-of-service attack, essentially jamming the websites with data. Airports have always been a target of interest for these adversaries.
2: White House Cyber Director Chris Engel says the private sector and government are working together to limit the effectiveness of Russian cyber attacks. So, of course, we knew that's
5: in Putin's playbook. It's certain part of the Russian playbook, but we've not yet, yet seen them exercise that play. Um, I think that uh, we weren't so much afraid of that, but we were mindful of that and we have prepared accordingly. Um, both the private sector and the government has worked together to create the resilience and robustness and to be on the front balls of our feet to see that coming. So far, we've not.
2: Ingalls explains that while government has learned that cyber attacks may be difficult, there may be some instances where the U.S. could face a sucker punch.
5: If you examine what we've seen in the physical domain, that it's harder for Putin to exercise a coordinated, synchronized set of attacks than he might have imagined. I think you can lift and shift that into cyberspace. It's harder to do that in cyberspace than it looks. That being said, we're still viable for, uh, liable for sucker punches. Yeah. We still have aspects of our critical infrastructure that are not well defended in terms of the investment that's been made over the last 40 years, um, or our kind of mindfulness in terms of what's actually happening at the moment. So I think that we can have some confidence
2: that it's harder than it looks, but we're not out of the woods. We still need to make sure that we're watching. Engel states in his opinion the biggest cyber threat to America is what small attacks may do to the nation's confidence.
5: I think the greatest threat is whether if they take a small swipe against something that's not well defended, there are lots of choices. Whether we go to the darkest corner in the room and imagine that that then portends some actual disruption in the critical infrastructure underneath of that. We're considerably more resilient um, than, than I think we might imagine. And we'll work our way through it. We've done that before. We'll do that now. And, and so I think we have to be concerned as to whether we have the confidence and the agility to work our way forward. We should. We do.
2: In Staten Island, migrants have been bused from the border to New York City and now are knocking on doors, asking for food, clothes, even work, after they were put up in hotels there. Gene Guerrera, the president of New York's Travis Civic Association, says he believes the situation in his neighborhood will only get worse.
3: We're a small community. These people are already walking around the neighborhood, knocking on their doors, asking for food, asking for clothing. And this is only the beginning. I don't know how many rooms are filled, but it's only going to get worse. Locals
2: say they are already overwhelmed with the sudden flood of needy families. Dre Clark is a reporter for News Nation and explains that the migrants are being dropped off without telling local area mayors.
6: The mayor here in New York City, Eric Adams, says what's happening here in the city is a humanitarian crisis. He also said last Friday that it will cost the city $1 billion to provide housing and social services for the migrants. Uh, It's estimated that some 17,000 migrants have arrived here in the city since May. Most of the migrants are now staying at more than 40 hotels spread out across the city, including the ones you see here behind me on Staten Island. Now, according to people who live here in the Travis section of Staten Island, buses, busloads of migrants were dropped off or dropped people off here at the Staten Island Inn two weeks ago where the city is sponsoring their stay. The people who live here in the community say they were never told the migrants were coming. In recent days, homeowners and business owners claim that some of the migrants have been going door to door looking for clothes or food. Now, some sympathetic people have been dropping off coats and jackets it's here at the hotel for the migrants, but the people who live here really want to know if the
2: migrants will be staying here long term. Representative Nicole Malliotakis is a Republican congresswoman from New York and says that the border crisis is playing a huge burden on the people of the Big Apple.
4: This is absolutely unsustainable, and it is placing a tremendous burden on the people of New York City. One billion dollars at a time when New Yorkers can't afford to keep their own roofs over their heads, and they're struggling to pay uh, for food with this high inflation. But the mayor is also hypocritical because he refuses to address New York City's sanctuary status, mm. predominantly the the, the the part that prohibits NYP from even cooperating with deportation if an individual commits a crime here in New York City.
2: Taka says that the migrant crisis is due to the failures of the Biden administration border policy.
4: He needs to tell President Biden to secure the border, stop the nonsense, reinstate the policies under President Trump that were working and stem the flow and restored order to the asylum application process.
2: The New York Congresswoman goes on to say that the problem at the border won't be fixed unless Republicans take control of the House and Senate.
4: We're not going to get any action until Republicans take back the House. That's evident. The president created this crisis. The vice president ignores the crisis. And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer won't bring any of our solutions to the floor for a vote, including our comprehensive Border Security Act for America. So we need to flip the House. We need to end one-party rule in New York as well. And that's the only way we're going to get some action on this.
2: This news comes as the U.S. Department of Homeland Security announced that it has seen a 500 percent increase in migrant smuggling arrests. In the most recent incident, 21 undocumented individuals were discovered in three separate human smuggling events in Arizona's Tucson sector. The Sailor Radio Network's own Hugh Hewitt says that now every state is
7: a border town. There is only one debate for the Senate seat in Arizona. At one point in that debate, the crucial point in the debate, GOP nominee Blake Masters asked Democrat incumbent Mark Kelly why he had voted for 87,000 new IRS agents but against 18,000 new Border Patrol agents. Kelly, stunned, mumbled about the complexity of the voting process. Every state is a border state in 2022, but Arizona, Nevada, and Colorado have been particularly hard hit by this massive wave of unpermitted migration. That's why Republican nominees for Senate in those states, Blake Masters in Arizona, Adam Laxalt in Nevada, Joe O'Day in Colorado, are running to the election finish line on November 8th with the electoral wind at their backs. We have to regain the ability to regulate who enters our country and the ability to keep deadly drugs out. Only a Congress controlled by Republicans can oblige President Biden to do this. That's why I'm encouraging a to vote for Republicans, Laxalt, Masters, O'Day, and anyone else up and down the ballot. I'm Hugh Hewitt.
2: According to Suffolk County Police, a recent shooting near the home of New York gubernatorial candidate and former Congressman Lee Zeldin had no connection to the Zeldin family. Police spokesperson said two injured in the incident have been transported to area hospitals for treatment. According to reports, two men were walking down the street on the congressman's block when a car pulled up and opened fire. The two men then ran toward the Zeldin home. As the car sped away, both men are expected to survive their injuries.
8: We get a phone call from our daughter, Michaela. We hear our other daughter, Ariana, in the background crying. She's speaking to 911. They were the 911 callers. Uh, Michaela's freaking out, but we're not able to hear everything because of the, the Wi-Fi connection. They were locked inside of a bathroom. They were... At the kitchen table, they were doing homework. All of a sudden, they're hearing multiple gunshots. They then hear screaming. They run upstairs, lock themselves in the bathroom. One of my daughters calls 911, the other one calls us. Uh, You know, at first, they're thinking that the the people that they hear screaming, the individuals who are on our porch, around our porch, they, they don't know whether or not those are the people who are shooting or the people who are getting shot. Uh, So we just told them to stay locked down until we got uh, the clear from the Suffolk County Police Department, which did take a while. I mean, they they responded, they secured the scene, and then we uh, uh, told them to get out of the bathroom. Uh, But it really freaked them out. Uh, This is something where you had two people who got shot who were essentially laying down about 10 feet from where they were doing homework. One of the bullets landed about 30 feet from where the girls were doing homework. And, uh, yeah, this hits extremely close to home. It showed up at our front doorstep yesterday. Mm.
2: Zeldin says that, in his opinion, they're being attacked by local media after the incident tells him they're trying to prop up the current New York governor, Kathy Hochul.
8: I was standing outside of my home answering their questions because they asked me to come outside to speak to them. So I I said, okay, y'all are asking for me to come out to address what happened. Happy to do it. Rather than doing a whole bunch of one-on-one interviews while we're spending this time with our daughters, uh, we'll come out and just answer everyone's questions at the same time. The first question is then coming after me for standing in front of the crime scene tape speaking to you. Right. But listen, you mentioned Newsday. I mean, the, here's the problem is that there's an election coming up in 29 days. And they, they want to do everything in their power to prop up Kathy Hochul. They do. And, and the problem is, is that if, if they wanted, if they were going to you know, give any fuller coverage to what happened, they don't want to incidentally end up helping my candidacy. Zeldin
2: goes on to say that the incident provided
8: him with a stronger conviction to run
2: for office because New Yorkers are fearful of the growing violence
8: in the streets. The reality right now in this state is that New Yorkers don't feel safe. Even the former Democratic governor, David Patterson, Democratic governor, was making statements in an interview over the weekend about even in the 80s and 90s, he didn't feel as unsafe as he does right now. People aren't riding the subway because they're afraid of being pushed in front of an oncoming subway car. You have people who are walking the streets with their head on the swivel, and if they have to go two blocks, they're calling an Uber rather than walking when they used to be willing to walk 20 blocks.
2: On Monday, the NASDAQ composite fell to the lowest level in two years. The declines came as J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon warned that America will likely fall into a recession.
0: Wall Street ended lower on Monday as investors worried about the impact of more interest rate hikes ahead of highly anticipated consumer price inflation data later this week. The Dow fell about a third of a percent. The S&P 500 dropped three quarters of a percent, while the Nasdaq shed a full percent posting its lowest close since July of 2020.
2: Jimmy Lee, the CEO of the Wealth Consulting Group, says the problem is that the market isn't really sure what to do because the Fed's messaging is all over the place.
7: I I just think that today what's going on is that, you know, the investors
2: are not convicted one way or the other what to do, (laughs) meaning we're not sure if the Fed's going to be able to orchestrate a, a soft landing And by their own words, if they do, it's going to be a very narrow path that they're going to be walking down to make that happen. And the problem with today or the near term is that we just don't know yet. And so what they've been clear on is, is that until they see some consistent data on inflation looking a lot better, they're not going to change their rhetoric. A small business advocacy group has filed a lawsuit seeking to block the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness plan. Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more for us on this developing story.
1: In its lawsuit, the Job Creators Network Foundation argues the Biden administration violated federal procedures by failing to seek public input on the program. It also argues the program is arbitrary, benefiting some borrowers but not others. The new suit is one of a growing number of conservative legal challenges against the Biden proposal to cancel up to $20,000 in debt for certain borrowers. Greg Clugston, Washington.
2: Italian-Americans celebrate Columbus Day at the annual parade in New York City, and Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker was there.
4: The sights and sounds of Italy on display along Fifth Avenue. Green, white, and red flags flying. People cheering, bands playing, and Aldo Zuppicini marching.
2: It's just a tremendous atmosphere, tremendous mojo on a beautiful sunny day.
4: New Yorker Christina T. says it's her first time attending the parade. Beautiful, nicely done, great atmosphere, the people are really friendly. Meanwhile elsewhere, like at Columbia University, Indigenous Peoples Day was celebrated, honoring the past, present, and future of Native peoples throughout the U.S. Julie Walker, New York.
2: And finally, police in Oregon came upon an explosive find when they warned local beachgoers about grenades that had washed up on the shoreline and appeared to still be able to explode. According to police reports, in the city of Newport, three separate grenades had somehow washed onto the beach.
7: Just in, Newport police are warning the public about explosives washing up on the beach there. Police say they responded to three areas yesterday between Yaquina Bay and Agate Beach. The state bomb squad responded and took them away. They say that all were white with a label that says, warning, explosive. If you see these, the Newport police say, do not touch them. Call police instead.